Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. Good morning, Ann. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, but I have something on my mind, as usual. As usual. All right. What's bugging you this morning? Business plans. Oh, yeah. Something on your mind. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know we all groan about writing them, and we put off doing so as long as possible. But what's worse, how many business plans wind up in a file drawer or in the cloud, never to be read again? So... I just have to ask, what is your business plan for? Okay. First, your business plan is your roadmap of how you are going to accomplish what you set out to do. Do you remember Crazy Ivans from the movie Hunt for Red October? Sure. You know, where the Russian submarine skipper made wildly wandering paths to confound the hovering enemy? Yep. Well, random action might be okay for a movie about the Cold War, but it sure isn't the way to make your startup succeed. (laughs) Okay, I'll grant you that one. (laughs) Let's not leave anything to chance. Plus, your job when you create a business plan is to inspire confidence in your business. So, be convincing. 
Okay, that makes perfect sense. So I would point out, though, that your business plan is, it's your roadmap to success, right? The executive summary and the pitch deck are your primary tools for seeking funding. But your business plan is your internal key to organizing your own thoughts at a much deeper and more detailed level. And in truth, if you don't kind of write that out at some point along the way, generally speaking, you won't speak intelligently to potential investors. This is for organizing your thoughts. And remember, your business plan is also a living model. So this is not a book. Don't write, you know, 100, 200, and 300 pages worth of a business plan. There are people who do that, by the way, Anne. Not everybody puts off writing a business plan. Some people just get into it, start writing, and they get stuck there forever. So for both sides of that equation, one, if you're not getting to it, just get to it. It's short, it's simple. It's an expansion of your executive summary, but it helps you to flesh out more details. And two, if you're stuck in it and you've been writing it forever, maybe you're really not suited to run this business. Maybe you just want to write about it. So if that sounds like it would rankle, then kick yourself in the butt and get out of it. Okay. Right. And when you're writing your business plan, sometimes you can get a little hung up on how cool your newest beautiful product is, your new widget, how it'll change the world, revolutionize a market, and or make us all sleep better at night. When you go to investors, you need to be able to show how you will create whatever it is you're creating and how you will market and sell it. And most of all, how you will return them revenues on their investment uh, profits. That's absolutely true. And those three things are the critical elements of any business plan. Certainly, they are also the components that we extract for our executive summary, right? What is it you're going to build and why is it you know, going to change the world? How are you going to do it? How are you going to sell it? And focus a lot on that, how you're going to sell it because that tells them how you're going to make them some money. And remember, that's what VCs are all about. We say this a lot, right, And Venture capitalists have a box of money given to them by other people, and they're supposed to hand back a larger one in a reasonable period of time. Therefore, they're going to do the same for you. They're going to hand you a box of money, and they're going to say, okay, when am I getting it back, and how big is it going to be when it gets back, and how fast are you going to get it back to me? They have to do that. They have to focus on the money. If your business plan is focusing on all about your cool widget, it's not a business plan. It's a design the widget plan. Yeah. And I just want to point out what to you and me is obvious. A startup is not a nonprofit and startup investing is not philanthropy. No one will invest solely for a worthy cause. You have That's to correct. think about That's the return. Yes, and that's important because impact investing is a fast-rising component of investment. People would like to change the world and do it for the better. Even you and I at Outlines Venture Group say that we are building better ways to live and work together. When we do investments of our time, mentorship in exchange for equity and so on, when we do that, we say we're looking for positively disruptive companies. But nobody ever loses sight of the fact that it's supposed to make everybody involved money. You cannot give away what you do not have. If you're investing in commercial enterprises, you expect it to be a financial investment. Secondarily, you're looking at something that will also impact the world in a positive way, right? So let's not say anything about people going to invest in it because it's a good thing to do. Okay, right. here we go. So oh, how will your product be delivered by whom and to whom? Yes. Obviously, you have to know your market, who your potential customers What's more important is knowing how you will get your product to your purchasers, whether your product is a B2B 
or a B2C, delivering it will be critical to getting it into the hands of your customers. I mean, that is so obvious. And yet so many startup founders we see sort of miss that key point of who's going to deliver the product. So to convince (laughs) potential investors you will succeed, you must present a compelling, well-thought-out distribution plan. You're right. Even if you have the coolest blue widget in the known universe that's surely going to attract, you know, a tsunami of buyers, right? You'd better be explaining how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, In architectural terms, your business plan is the concept drawing. You know, when you go to renovate or do or build a house, you have a concept drawing or to build a large building. Why would you not make full architectural drawings? Well, this is a point I wanted to bring out. You probably want to play your cards close to your vest until you know a bit more about your investors. Is this investor looking at competitors in your field? Has she or he invested in a competitor? Because It would be naive to overlook that potential investors may want to hear about your project because they are benchmarking another they're considering in your space. So you need to walk this fine line between outlining your plans and revealing too much too soon. Yes, absolutely. You'll be looking for signals that this investor is interested in your business, not in others. All right. So You'll have to sort those kinds of things out, but what we're saying is prick your ears and make sure of that and do your background checks and see who else they might be looking at. All right. So we'll get more on just how to build this you know, compelling business plan after we take a break from the sponsors. But we do have a few more moments here, Anne. What else do you think is kind of in the broad brushstroke of designing a business plan that we should be thinking about? I'm thinking kind of these uh, basic elements that would include not just what you're building again, but how you're getting it to market. I would say that most business plans don't spend enough time on things like competitive landscape. And that's always a red flag. We get to gloss over them on executive summaries, uh, but I think a business plan is a really good place to dig deeply into who else is playing the game and figuring out how you will address the competition and, if you will, the threat to success. Yeah, it seems that over centuries, and especially over the last century of tremendous innovation, that ideas do pop up all over the world at the same time. Perhaps because the time is right, perhaps because the uh, technology has advanced to a point. So just because you or I have this really fantastic idea or maybe because you or I have a really fantastic idea, it most likely is not going to be unique. It is somebody else has also thought of it. And it's important to look outside your own bubble and see what everybody else is doing to address the same problem. I would agree. And I would also say you can kind of relax about that idea. It's a good sign when people all over the world are beginning to pop up and look at this problem. You certainly want to be the clear leader in the field. And that's what you're going to be focusing on in your competitive landscape section. But it is a good sign. It is a sign that you have an idea whose time has come. If you are the only one chirping about something, you probably don't have an idea whose time has come. So consider that as you build your business plan. Competition Uh, is a sign of a healthy marketplace. There you go. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're going to take a break here, Anne. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about how we uh, build out this compelling business plan for our sponsors, the nuts and bolts. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. 
Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about tuning up your business plan to attract investors and to articulate your way forward as well. In other words, a plan for your own company and for you to use. So the basic elements of a business plan are available in many how-tos online. There are courses, there are books to read, and so on and so forth. And there are lots of free templates online. We find that they generally need a bit of editing to be usable for your company. You will find that there are templates that are more suitable to brick and mortar, those more suitable to software or software as a service, and so on and so forth. Find the one that works best for you and feel free to edit. Okay, so for one thing, we find that the free tools out there or the free templates that we find online, they're pretty basic. So don't just edit, flesh it out a little bit more. Just because the template you're working with doesn't ask you about something doesn't mean you shouldn't address it. All right, so just again, free templates are what you pay for them. All right, and similarly, feel free to rearrange those core elements according to what you believe is really going to impress and convince your funding targets, right? So what we're saying here is just because the template lays things out in a specific order does not mean it's optimal to your argument. And we have some ideas of our own about how we would lay it out. We do that generally by looking at this from the lens of an investor. We sit on both sides of the table as as uh, Mark Suster would point out. So we uh, tend to print out pages, for example. We set them side by side on a large surface, and we can kind of easily see the best way to organize the arguments. We suggest you do the same. Even if you don't want to print out the whole thing, you can use some post-it notes, one of Anne's favorite tools, and pop those on walls, move them around until you say, all right, that's a good flow of information, and now I'll organize my uh, business plan in the same way. 
Yeah, I'd like to point out post-it notes come in large pieces of paper too. <laughs> yes, they do. They come in they come in sizes that are like the what I don't know, two to three feet or yep. two by three feet and so on. Yep. So all the way down to the two by three inches or a little less. So and what are those core ingredients for a business plan? Yeah, well what I could put I, on those post-it notes. I was thinking in terms of a recipe, you know, because you know I love to cook. So here's the ingredients that uh, you need to gather together. We start with the money, your projected revenue and three to five year income projections. It's best to lead with this. You know, after all, you're in business to make money, right? Uh, yeah, right. A okay. uh, bit about what this is a nonprofit organization. We didn't plan it that way, but that's the way it worked out. Yeah, not a good idea, right? We're in it to make money. Two, okay. products and services. What are you selling? You know, that's obviously a core ingredient. Three, the target market and the marketing plan. To whom are you selling? this product or this service. Okay. And of course, marketing plan, how are you going to sell it? Precisely. And how. All right. Yes. So, so it's what, who, how, what's the next one? You already mentioned it, the competitive landscape and your advantage. Who else is selling in the space and why will you, your product become a leader? Okay. And, and then, then management and team, why you are the people to become the leaders in this field. So I'm going to interject here and just say that you and I do a lot of mentoring in, I don't know, incubators, accelerators, uh, events, and uh, pitch uh, competitions, and so on and so forth, right? The thing that bugs me is that so many teams begin their pitch by talking about the team. Right. I truly think it's the last piece on the block here. You have to think about what does your audience want to know? Tell them that first and then tell them what you think they need to know. Trust me, the last thing on the mind is going to be the management and team. If there's not anything interesting here, they really don't care who's building it. Once they've gotten through all of the items that says, ah, there's a lot of money to be made in this field. Here's a brilliant way that we're going to solve a problem and make some money in this field. Ah, these are the people who are going to buy it. And this is how these guys are going to approach these buyers. And this is why the buyers are going to buy it over anybody else. And then finally, they're going to say, okay, that's pretty cool. So who are you guys? Can you do it? Right. And I think that the only time that you can put your management team out first and the only time I can think of where it really worked, which was Zillow, is if you have real rock stars on your team. And in that case, it was Rich Barton and Lloyd Frank who had founded Expedia. And so everybody wanted to know what they were going to do and even before they really let on as to what they were going to do. But if you don't have that level of visibility for your team, Face it, nobody's going to care who they are until you get to the part about being convincing that they are the team to take it forward. So, of course, you want to include your vision, mission, and goals, and a really good narrative in your executive summary that illustrates the problem you are solving and its universality. In other words, why you are in business. Okay, makes sense. That's pretty standard stuff. But wait, notice something here. The management and the team follow all the other elements. Right. right. And how you're going to get it done, right, depends more than uh, the crack C team. We've just talked about that. The engineering squad. Right. So to articulate what you're going to do and to be convincing, you must articulate how your team will do it. It isn't just who you are, but how you're going to do it and how this will make everyone positive returns on their investment. Right. And not just of cash, time, passion, and smarts. 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, as you talk about your team, not everybody may be on your team, by the way. And so there will be new hires. We've just developed a business plan that just has a section on that, too. We have a core team and then we have the new hires, folks waiting in the wings to join. I think that's an important element to think about. Absolutely. Explain why they would be passionate about it or they have the ability to, uh, you know, to come on board and so on. All right. So so before we dig into these individual elements and how to tune them up, because that's what we're really looking at here is this is not basic business plan 101. This is how to tune it up. But one really important point to bring out is if you are writing your executive summary and you've been asked to present a business plan by a specific requester, you know, a specific investor, make sure that you include answers to the questions asked. When you have the attention of potential investors, it's no time to go boilerplate. That's correct. So again, if you've been asked to focus on marketing, you focus on that. If somebody really wants to dig into your financials, you focus on that, whatever it is. So let's run through this and what do we got? Well, let's start with the financial projections. Be sure to include some detail on your short and long-term financial requirements and milestones that you set for each. After all, your use of their funds is of keen interest to your investors. And in a similar vein, your keys to success and how you have achieved them or will or how the climate is right right now for your product will serve to compel and convince. Yes, that's true. And as you look at the financial projections in terms of your internal information purposes, this will change radically and rapidly and regularly, the three R's, and will inform you as you move forward. So keep those financial projections up to date. Um, What you're doing today will inform what's likely to happen tomorrow. Okay. Next one then would be your product distribution. So of course you have your production supply chains figured out and now you should be asking who will deliver it over what distribution network? Will your distribution depend on people? Will you be able to automate connecting your customers to your product? Uh, Will you be able to do that in the future and you have to do what we call non-scalable things to get to scalability? Do you need to develop an interim solution that is possibly not fully functional as your vision, but uh, it will serve your market? And if you will put that stake in the sand so that you can bring in some early revenue. Now, without a doubt, Steve Jobs envisioned the iPhone early on. But what he brought to market first was the iPod. And I think, Anne, you know this story quite well. Yeah, he brought it. Uh, it, it, it was a really good example of a visionary walking through the process because remember he had to make an entire market change what they did and how they uh, uh, how they approached phones and music. So what he did with the iPod was to address the market for portable for portable music in a sleek touchable case that was tiny by conventional standards of the day remember boom boxes i certainly do and then little sony walkmans they became yep. smaller so what he yeah. was really doing was just kind of taking it to the uh, the limit if you will uh, making it even smaller all right so he hadn't disrupted dramatically what people were doing he was just moving them in the right direction Exactly. My, that's exactly the point. And oh, by along the way, he invented uh, the similarly elegant way to deliver content via iTunes, which created another revenue stream. Yes, that's true. So he was he taught us all to walk around with our personal soundtrack in a highly pocketable form instead of this large box on our shoulder or even the discmen or you know cassette players, right? And then he delivered an elegant way to 
get the content, right? That was iTunes. Yep. Right. And that was the revenue stream. And from there, he was able to launch an iPhone. Right. Yep. Okay. So this kind of thinking, that is, iterating your development and finding early and scalable revenue streams, is just what inventors want, uh, investors want to see in your business plan. And for you, an excellent exercise in mapping out your path to success as well. Many founders are engineers, and so they're more focused on products and the innovative features and creating more of the same. This is not enough to make it a business. We cannot say it often enough. That's that concept of wizards and executors. So you have to ask, what iterations will we need to get our products to our customers? Facebook expanded worldwide by uh, largely by recognizing that in many countries, potential customers use mobile phones rather than the costlier PCs, especially, for example, in emerging uh, markets such as Africa and India. So Facebook needed to deliver or develop, actually, broad and efficient delivery over mobile networks. Even if you're not building the next Apple or Facebook, you can adopt and modify their strategies, and you should because they work. If you will need increasing numbers of human bodies to deliver what you sell, have you taken into the account the cost of acquiring them and the total total universe of availability. How many will it take to serve millions and millions of customers one-on-one? Frequently developing your distribution chain will require targeted marketing to acquire distribution agents in addition to the marketing you do to acquire customers. Now, I believe we need to take a break, Jillian, because for our sponsors, and then we'll come back with the rest of the, the ways in which you can tune up your business plan. Okay. As uh, Paul Harvey would have said, we'll be back with the rest of the story. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm.
synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about how to make a better business plan by asking better questions. So far, we've covered a deeper look at some of the elements, but let's get back into it, Jillian. Let's go into defining and sizing your market. Okay, so defining and sizing your market. As we said in the first segment, your job is to convince your target investors that you're worthy of their investment, right? So when you talk about your market, cite as much credible data and research as you can. Uh, Put in footnotes. They add gravitas, especially from highly regarded sources. Yeah, a gravitas, and that inspires confidence. Uh, Let's talk about your marketing plan. One year or 18 months or two years, you decide what fits your startup best. But be sure, be sure, be sure to include measurable objectives. These are different from your mission and goals, which name what you hope to achieve. Objectives articulate what you will change in a given period of time from your current baseline. For example, increasing your number of vendors in your distribution channel or achieving a specific number of sales. Yes, very clear cut, very hard line. And these are the goals that you're going to work towards. And then you'll benchmark yourself or, you know, against them. Have you achieved the milestones? I'd say the next one is the competitive advantage. We talked about that briefly in the last segment, uh, but never, never, ever say we have no competition. I hear this so often. There's really no competition. It's like nonsense. You are changing the way somebody is doing something. Whoever is using, you know, whoever offers that first solution or today's solution, that is your competition. So get on with it. Just because nobody's built exactly what you're building, that does not mean you have no competition. The problem you will solve exists now, or you wouldn't be working on a solution. So right now, that problem is being addressed somehow, even if not satisfactorily, efficiently, or effectively. And how that is happening currently is as much your competition as. Um, a product would be that is the same as yours. Okay. So true. Management team. Okay. Okay. We've all been there in a startup in the ramen noodle stage. It's likely that your founders are your team. And often your key roles are and should be filled with outsourced vendors. Still, This feels a little thin, you know, because actually it is kind of thin. So, of course, we understand you're going to need funding to fill your C-suite with those who will execute on your plan and make your company grow. The best thing to do is have some of those people on deck, in the wings, waiting to come on as new hires um, that you can make when you have the funds to do so. This adds to your believability. Mm -hmm. and. Also, where you have outsourced, say so, and defend it with the runway that that outsourcing provides you. I totally agree. Um, Lots of people will say, well, we need a full team. We need a full team. You have as much of a team as you can afford today, and not everyone can afford to quit their day job and work without any compensation. So funding will hire the fuller team. Anybody who is working for equity now, that's great. Um, But be very clear about the value 
of having these people waiting, having a committed to coming on board as soon as there is a significant amount of capital uh, to start paying for the team. I think that makes sense. And of course, we are proponents of uh, transparency, if you will, in these kinds of things. Uh, don't BS. Trust me, your investors will know. And it isn't good for you either. I keep going back to the same idea. This business plan is far more for your internal use than it really is for investors unless requested by an investor specifically. Nevertheless, uh, as you look at those kinds of things, figure out at what point do I want to bring this job in-house? That's how you figure it out for your finances, and it's how you work with your management team as well. So let's talk about some top tips. We have about two minutes left, Anne. What do you think? What's the number one top tip that people should know about developing a business plan? My top number one tip is think through all the stages of your business as you prepare for your stages of investment. What would you do with the first tranche? What would you do for the second tranche? What do you need for those tranches? And use measurable objectives for your milestones for each tranche. I think that's quite brilliant, actually. What we're saying here is that the business plan is not just about taking in anywhere from 50000 or even $5 million or $50 million. It's about thinking today and tomorrow. What will I get to now with this amount of money and what will I do the next time around with the next amount of money? I'd say the next one is um, around, uh, you know, present milestones based on achievements that you can quantify and use it to draw direct lines to financial success. Not only is it what your business investors want to see, it's what you should be focusing on at all times. And again, this business plan is for you to focus on what to do next. So set up milestones that are achievable, and then go to achieving them. And as we just said about management, um, point out the people that are waiting in the wings to come in and hit the deck running and execute on your plan when you have funding. This right. will build a confidence in your plan. Right. And then finally, I'd say, um, you know, this caveat that we put in there, be careful that you're not just being, if you will, not vetted for your own value with an investor, but, uh, you know, they may be looking at you because they want to invest in somebody else. You do want to think about that. I don't think that you should, uh, you know, get your head wrapped around it too much, but certainly you should be investigating your investors as they investigate you. Due diligence is a two-way street. So if you're going to share a full business plan with somebody, you might want to redact a little bit until you know more about them. Right. And, and once they've committed, you know, then yes. full transparency, once they're committed, uh, they, but while you're still doing this dating dance back and forth, you know, save a little for, uh, keep a little um, to yourself a little bit. There you go. So that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their ongoing support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. You can find us at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear about at CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with my partner, Ann Kennedy. You can find out about how more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.